We got a good response to um, Cultural Corner last week. Uh, yes. Ben, are you, uh, ben, are you uh, reading or watching things? Um, I am reading and watching things all the time, trying to keep up with, with modern world. Um, the BBC Sounds app, there's lots of new BBC podcasts. I've, I've tried to listen to a few of those. There's, the, the latest sort of craze on podcast is this Daily News podcast. I don't know if, if either of you have listened to any of them, yeah. but The Guardian has released one, Radio 4 has released one, and it seems to be the sort of the hot topic. It's the next sort of uh, true crime podcast thing that everyone and their mothers are going to have a, a, a Daily News podcast. I'm thinking maybe Wizards of Daily Drivel maybe at some point might happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I spent I've spent my last few days watching Line of Duty catching up. I don't know if either of you've watched Line of Duty, but it's absolutely fantastic BBC uh, content. Um, and the the season four, there's four seasons. Uh, three of them were on Netflix uh, until last week. The fourth one was on Netflix. At which point, I've sort of gone straight through the series. It's all about corruption in the police force and um, very nice, enjoyable, very exciting. Mm. Um, and I watched it first thing this morning. Um, and I haven't done too much else since today, uh, which sort of has <laughs> turned into sort of that impending sense of dread that is, is is so familiar on a Sunday evening where you're about to go to work and you're about to sort of face all your problems again. Um, oh, Ben. So, yeah, oh, that's, that's where we are. That's quite mm. sad to hear. <laughs> that's not... Oh. This, no, I... Um, I, I also watched on Netflix. Uh, we mean me and Stacey finished Gotham series four, and um, I really like Gotham, but I can't decide if it's good. <laughs> like, like it's 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 really silly and really daft and not that amazingly acted. But for some reason, I'm four series in and still enjoying it. So, what have you watched, Dave? What have you consumed? Um, what media have you enjoyed? Uh, I've been binging a lot of uh, the Dave original programming Triumph Taskmaster, which oh, has yes. become that's become an absolute favourite. I just really enjoy it. It looks so much fun. If <laughs> if I if I was a famous celebrity type, I think that's the show I'd want to do most because it's just they seem to have a laugh all the time. Um, <laughs> what? What show would you most want to do if you were a big celebrity type? Maybe we can sort it out. <laughs> That's a great question. That is a really good question. And, um, would you go on Question Time? Oh, fuck no. 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 I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably want to do like Celebrity Pointless or something. Yeah, good I, was, show. I was thinking... Yeah, that's a great show. Because the questions right. are easier on the quiz shows for the celebrities as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the the idea that I could perhaps beat Joe Pasquale <laughs> or something is, is something that I'd like, so I mean it's not it's not really much it like oh what's your dream? if you were a celebrity, what's your dream show? Celebrity Pointless. The celebrity version of a game show that you could potentially go on by not being a celebrity. <laughs> it's still, it's, we're not dreaming big, are we? <laughs> I think I think a good one to go on would probably be Celebrity Goggle Box because it's fucking easy to do because all you have to do is sit there and watch television. <laughs> and also, you're only going to get onto the programme when you're being funny. Like there's, yeah. If you're just being boring, it just gets cut out. So that your best bits, and it looks like you're an absolute... 
hilarious yeah. person which obviously <laughs> from listening to wizards you you'll know that we're not we, well i'm not that person so i think that sort of tactical <laughs> let's all, build my ego a bit it's um, all about building the brand everything <laughs> yeah build build brand ben cartwright i didn't know you um, felt with, this way ben I'd, I'd be more generous in the edit if i if i knew you were <laughs> you were self-conscious of me out oh ben ben's worried he's not very funny okay oh, he's gonna ben. be he's gonna be in for 30 seconds but they're gonna be a Belting thirty seconds. <laughs> oh, maybe, well, maybe that's what the fans want. I mean, it's been a bit, a bit of a f- sort of depressing return for me on this podcast. Oh, I talked about Sunday dread and how the fact that I'm so desperately, I, I desperately want people to think I'm funny that I should just be edited out until it's one <laughs> joke or something. <laughs> right. I did, I'd like to do soccer aid as well. I know we've already mentioned it uh, in the eight-minute organic yes. intro that we've done, but I'd like yes. to do soccer aid. But I'd like to be yes. like Kevin Bridges on it, where he comes on for two minutes and then goes off. <laughs> uh, shall we do the actual show, lads? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Oh, I've just realised I hadn't planned an actual introduction, so I'm going to have to do a boring <laughs> one. Oh, okay, let's just start now. Okay. <laughs> Who needs an intro? Yes. Uh, hello, listeners. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Welcome to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. I'm here. Ben's here. Hello. Good evening. There, Good morning. There we go. We're off to a, a solid start. Chris is here. <laughs> hello. Let's let's do some pods. Let's let's. Um, now, usually on the podcast, what we do is kind of talk about the most recent Stoke game and like uh, first of all react to the result was it a good result for Stoke was it a bad result for Stoke who did we think played well what were the kind of major incidents that we want to talk about and all the rest of it but Stoke have given us so little to work with recently <laughs> it's it was another nil-nil at the city ground uh, a point for for Gary Rowett's men Um but there's kind of been a, a mixed response, I'd say. Some saying, oh, that's a you know, decent point away at Nottingham Forest. They've been a good side. Uh, and others saying, oh, this is just so turgid and and unambitious is uh, a word to keep seeing. So, uh, Ben, um, kind of the first question, given that we're now approaching another international break and we've got kind of more time to reflect on how the season's gone so far is Gary Rowett any good? Well on current evidence he hasn't brought in what we wanted him to still it's still not happening I mean still every time people ask me oh how is Stoke doing in the championship because anyone who doesn't support a championship football team do not have a single idea what is happening in the championship and I include myself back in the Premier League days because I had no idea so I don't blame them but how long is... I feel like we've been in 14th forever. Like, mm-hmm. 14th is the worst position. Someone asked me today who doesn't, is not into football that much. Like, what does 14th mean? Like, is it good? Is it bad? Like, it's like, well, it's, it's... Yeah, it is, basically. You are there in the league, but, like, no one really thinks about you. You don't get on TV anymore. You don't get talked about on other podcasts. It's just, you're there. Um, so, yeah. And I, I look at the team that we played yesterday, and it's still... Just incredible that it hasn't kicked on. We wanted it, we wanted it to start, and it still hasn't started. Two nil nils on a bounce. It just sums it up. It sums up Stoke. It sums us where we are at the moment. That we we just can't seem to do anything particularly well. Um, so yeah, is Gary Rowett good? I mean, I expected us so much better, and 
I expected to sort of have this siege mentality and this attitude of like everyone hates Stoke. This is that was kind of the the beauty pre-season because everyone hated Stoke because we were the team that was spending all the money and we were the team that was obviously going to win the league. But now everyone just hates Stoke and we're just rubbish, which is probably even worse. So, do I like Gary Rowett? I I like him. And I really want him to do well, but it's, it's probably similar, very similar to Joe Allen in in different ways that, that I really want them to do well and like them because I think there's the chance there for them to be legend or not legends that's a bit extreme but like really sort of well thought of players or individuals within Stoke City and it still hasn't happened so mm-hmm. yeah 14th going to another international break it's just a bit like oh like just give us that bit just give us something we, we've become Stoke we, we've become the Stoke that we were in the Premier League and the Championship already and it's like <laughs> how long is this going to last yeah, Chris, I was uh, speaking to uh, Stoke fan on Friday night and uh, he asked me, what do you think of, of Rowett then? And we both kind of just made the same face at each other. We just kind of like crinkled our noses up and went, yeah, which is <laughs> kind of my default response to Stoke at the moment. It's just, yeah, like it's not terrible. We're not getting getting battered 3-0 by Wigan every week, which I feared we'd become, but we just... Uh, Yes, like the game just happens around us. We don't really <laughs> influence anything. Um, did you agree with a lot of uh, the tweets we got that just basically said we were unambitious and it's uh, the the main criticism that Rowett didn't really play to win? I think that Rowett does set us up in a very negative way and I think that he is a very... Tony Pulis almost mentality of away from home we like we're, we're there to get a point and if we win somehow then that's a bonus but away game yeah it's a it's a very negative setup that being said I didn't think I mean yesterday the same old problems are still there and it is a turgid affair and it is boring but I did think that we weren't actually too too bad yesterday like we we seem to be sort of ironing out the defensive deficiencies that we that we had I don't think Nottingham Forest looked particularly threatening against us yesterday and I don't think that was because they were their own ineptitude I think that we were quite good in defence. I thought Ashley Williams yesterday actually played quite well. Um, and so, so I think that he, it's, we, 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 we've managed to, yeah, we've ironed out these defensive issues. We are trying to, to build something off the back of that. I think it's been far too slow. It's been far too slow a, a, a process. I'd, I, I would have expected a lot better than what we've done. Um, it is disappointing. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, but when when you ask me how how do I feel about Gary Rower, I'm not filled with vitriol. I'm also not filled with oh praise. He's he's our manager. Um, I I don't really feel any passion towards the guy. Yeah. Um, 
He's just a yeah, bloke, he, isn't he? He's just a. He's just, <laughs> oh, that might be quite a callous way, but he's just—he's just a man. He's—he—he he, he wears trousers. He, he goes—he <laughs> goes to a place to work, and he—he he says things to uh, to the media, and it's like um, I think at a certain point on Football Manager, uh, when the the game starts simulating players and then those players go on to become managers he's he's just one of them he's just just generic manager he he is possibly the most generic manager there is he's english he he plays a fairly uh standard brand of football yeah 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 i mean and that and that's not to say he's terrible he's just no He's just Gary Rowett, which is the most ordinary bloke name you can get. I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think we're set up as a club at the moment. And whether this is Rowett or whether this is the players we've brought in, we, we, Stoke isn't set up for a club that we can fall in love with. There are no real players that we can fall in love with that are playing anyway. The closest mm. obviously we've got is still Bojan, but it's not playing. Like, I, I don't, there's no player there that's like the, every fan will be like, that is the guy. That is. In ten years' time, there's no Peter Thorne, there's no sort of Fuller, there's there's no one there that can be like, this mm-hmm. is our guy. Whatever's going on, we might be shit, we might be losing, we might be playing turgid football. That guy we can fall in love with. There's nothing like that, and and, may, and maybe that's Rowett's fault because he's he's not going to risk a playing a Bojan or something like that. And maybe it's the hierarchy's fault that we talked about many times before because they don't sign the right players. I don't know, but Stoke City in in so many different ways is just a club at the moment that is difficult. It's difficult to fall in love with. I think maybe that's yeah. harsh. Yeah, there, no, there's, I... there, there's no place there that will get you out of your seat. Um, and related to that, uh, obviously, when we signed Ince and Afobe and McLean, people were like, "Yeah, this is this is a very strong kind of forward three we've got here. This seems quite exciting." But a lot of criticism for Afobe recently uh, is it his lack of service is it the fact that he's not actually performing very well I suspect it's a bit of both uh, Chris what, what do you yeah. what do you make to our just general um, malaise in front of goal yeah I think I think you're right it is a completely a bit of both I think that um, we touched on it last week I don't think that we are playing to Phoebe's strengths at all we're playing him up like a target man we aren't getting anyone in and around him to support him um, and he's having to do a lot of work on his on his own, and he's not not really suited towards for that. Equally, I don't think he's been overly impressive. But then we're asking him to do something that he can't do. I think the issue is that perhaps he's more one dimensional than we thought when we got him. Um, he's uh, yeah, he need, he needs that support, and we kind of need a player to do a little bit more and show a little bit more. Um, I don't know creativity. Someone who's going to almost fashion their own chances, and I don't think that's going to happen with him. Um, but then we're not we're not helping him out any anyway by producing opportunities for him to put away. Um, it just puts in my mind the thing that Rowett said um, when we were linked with Vidra that it's like, oh, we're not signing Vidra because he scored all our goals. It's like we're not scoring any goals at the moment. So <laughs> why did we not sign someone that scored all the goals for you or so, or? or at least are trying to play in that way where a number 10 is scoring goals because at the moment no one is um yeah i just i just i still find that comment bizarre i found it bizarre when he was said it and and still do <laughs> it was it was a very very bizarre moment but there were 
there was the odd opportunity yesterday. Sido missed a sitter. Um, and funnily enough, I think that Sido, again, played relatively well. I think he, he actually adds something to the team whilst it isn't necessarily goals. I think he creates space and he's... Um, he's he's decent enough and i think mclean had a had a decent enough game as well he he was putting balls in the box that granted they were not the best quality of crosses but um he seemed better on that right hand side at being able to beat his man in one way or another than he did than he has done in other matches so i i, I was i was all right with him but yeah it's it's just a bit boring that's that is it. It's it's just dull at the moment. It's dull, and whilst it's functional, we're getting points, and I'm glad we are being defensively sound at a minimum. Um, it's not exactly anything exciting, is it? And you're right, Ben. Like, there's just where where are the where are the heroes? Where's anything to be like? Yeah, everything's a bit boring, a bit dull. But man, we've got mm-hmm. whoever. Where is that? Eh? Uh, to play devil's advocate for a moment, I was just uh, scrolling through our uh, results there, and obviously the the binariness, if that's a word, it is now of our last <laughs> few games kind of you know massively sticks out. Nil one, nil one, one one, nil one, nil 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 nil, and it's like, geez, yeah, this is really tough going. But you could, if you were defending Gary Rowe, you'd say, look at our last four away games. Uh, mm-hmm. Nottingham Forest, Bristol City, Sheffield United, and Norwich—all uh, good sides. Yeah, um, all really tough places to go. And we've come out come out of those with eight points out of a possible twelve. That's really good going. And you can kind of yes. make the case that if we sort the home form out, then then we become a, pr- a proper side. But the problem is our last few home games have been nil nil against Middlesbrough, a one nil defeat to. Birmingham, uh, but a two-nil home win over Bolton, which we'd we'd kind of hope that would be the template for our home performances. And obviously, Middlesbrough are going to come in shit out here. It's just those games like Birmingham at home, like how why why have we lost that? Why why can't we win those games? Uh, we've got uh, Steve McLaren's QPR after the international break, and uh. you, you, they're they're a decent side. But if we have anything about us we need to be approaching that game as one to win not one to to grind a you know pat ourselves on the back oh we got a nil nil against an informed side because you know the way it's the way it's been this season we were we patted ourselves on the back for drawing with Brentford because we because we thought and we, well we knew that Brentford were you know a very efficient side they'd done very well last season they had some good players but as the season's turned out, they've not done super well. We patted ourselves on the back for getting a point against Preston, and we thought, well, Preston will be all right this season. They'll be up towards the playoffs, but they're actually <laughs> down towards the bottom of the table, so it's not as good a point in retrospect. So we can't just kind of uh, give undue credit to the opposition due to the, the form they're in at the time. We need to kind of say that we need more home wins, and at the moment we're we're not getting them when we don't look like getting them because we're playing this kind of nothingy uh football. I mean starting McLean and Juf uh yesterday got a few people uh riled up for its negativity and they have a point. It's it's not something that uh, say you're in the concourse with your beer at two PM that you think, Oh brilliant 
uh, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing to see McLean and Juve. I mean, come on, it's <laughs> it's, it's not going to make no. you drink your beer drink your beer any quicker, is it? Um, so, <laughs> but it's all well and good us complaining about the uh, the binary results, Ben. But uh, do our goals all overrated? Um, you you uh, wanted us to ask. Does football need goals to be good? Yeah, well, I, I was just watching Premier League football earlier. Um, I was watching the Everton-Chelsea game. And at times it got quite exciting. And it, But so when someone walked into the room, I was watching the football, and they were like, is it a good game? And I was like, no, there's, like, there's no goals. But then you think, is that true? Do you need goals for it to be a good game? And I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but... <laughs> Obviously, when a goal goes in, it's exciting. But why? Why is it that you need a goal to get excited in football? It seems that, like, especially when you're a Stoke fan, goals don't come easy. So, do we need? Do we need to sort of hold to hang our coat on a goal for it to be a good game? I don't know. Maybe mm. we do. Maybe maybe a nil nil is just as exciting as a three three. Uh, now we're we're kind of veering into the uh, American who doesn't like soccer. Fan territory of who who wants a, a a nil nil tie when you can have added time multi ball and <laughs> make, make the goals bigger because we want to see goals all the time. Uh, I mean, goals are the the point of the game. So uh, I, I suppose it's I suppose it's like anything. You want to you want to see at least one. Um, there, there is. Such, there is a the rare event of a of a good nil nil. There's you, you uh, I'll often have this kind of conversation walking away from a nil nil. Say that was all right for a nil nil that game. Um, <laughs> usually, usually that's games where it's kind of uh, evenly spread the play, and it's because if we've missed loads of chances in nil, it's like just annoyance. And if we've clung on for a nil nil, you'll probably think it was a terrible game. Uh, Chris, where do you stand <laughs> on the whole goals issue? <laughs> well, it's difficult to say that goals are overrated, isn't it? Because, as you say, that is the narrative point, and <laughs> and many goals in a game mean many things, somewhat. Uh, but I, no, but you know, I I think it's not the the question. The question one needs to ask is not can goals. Can a game exist without goals and still be interesting? It's can there be threats of goals, and a, and a game not be interesting, or or can there be a game where no one has a shot and it still be interesting? The answer would, to that is no. Well, it depends entirely, Ben, doesn't it? It depends if um, someone throws a shoe. At someone, <laughs> it, dep- yeah. it depends if the mascots get involved. I was sp- fights. Just, uh, fights are key points. Fights. Fights in a football match are entertaining. Yeah, there's a big fight in the game. Sometimes I substitute out any goals for a big fight because it, that flashpoint is funny and it's great. Great well, entertainment. <laughs> it's interesting you should mention this because watching the Manchester derby today. Now that was three-one, but I didn't think it was a tremendously entertaining game mainly because it was such mm. a domination by one side but Man City scored early in the first half and for the rest of the first half kind of nothing happened it was very dull 
But the one moment that did stand out to me was uh, a player got penalised for taking a free kick, but the free kick didn't leave his own box and he had to retake it. And I thought, no. oh, crap, I've, I've, I've not seen that rule enforced, I don't think. I can't remember no. seeing that rule happen. So I, that played on my mind more than the rest of Man City's lovely interplay. It, it was, it <laughs> was like true. this... I, this derby is going to be remembered like the six-one, like the the derby yeah. when Rooney scored the overhead kick, and the the derby that they were forced to retake the free kick. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think I think as well though, like a I like weird shit like that happening is my point. Possibly well, more yeah. than goals as a new school. Well, I think if you think back to a few weeks back, Dave, when you and I went to up to Scotland to watch Queens Park play, that ended nil-nil. Yes. And that was really interesting because both sides had one-on-one opportunities and skied <laughs> them could, both. They were so <laughs> shit at finishing. It was amazing. It, it, and became, we, it became like a running joke <laughs> almost. It was like, he's, he, he literally cannot miss and yet he does every turn. <laughs> and we saw multiple red cards that did actually... I think the ref didn't pull out a yellow card till like the 80th minute. There was, and I, so that was an interesting game, and that was nil nil. But then again, there was the threat of goal, and it didn't happen. I think, I think this is the problem. You need to have a threat, at least a threat of there being mm. a goal, at a bare you, minimum. You want to be uh, teased almost. You you want to you 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 want it carrot dangled in front of you. It's like oh, there could be a goal, but then uh, then not. Um, the goals are overrated, of course, is a quote from uh, Jonathan Wilson, uh, football author, writer, uh, person, who I, th- I think um, said it on another football podcast. Goals are overrated. The beauty is in the struggle. Um, <laughs> the in the struggle. <laughs> yeah. I, I would much rather watch... Um, yeah, ga- games with fights, games where a outfield player has to go in goal, or games where yeah, a goalkeeper yeah, yeah. has to uh, go out of net, maybe to uh, go up for a corner. That yeah. is always exciting. Um, yeah. Any any kind of those those weird moments that uh, don't happen that often. <laughs> it's it's crazy that the game football is such a widely loved sport around the world, but. All we really care about is those little moments, those tiny little sort of five-second moments, maybe not even that often, yeah. where it's like something exciting happens. So you could have one fight, one big fight, and that's like, mm. that was a good game, had a big fight. But it's like, <laughs> I watched 89 minutes of absolutely nothing happening, but the players did a bad tackle, and then mm. the other players punched them, or pushed them probably, not punched them. It doesn't really happen like that, does it? Yeah, it's those yeah. moments that go uh, go viral on social media, like when the dad pushes his, his kid over. Oh, to oh my oh, goodness me. I was cackling away at that. That is incredible accuracy for the push. That's some <laughs> Olympic so well sport timed. for child, child chucking. And I, I like, the... I'm going to say I like how there's the follow-up and they just like it goes back to him they score the goal anyway and he like throws his arms in the air yeah. like oh for god's sake <laughs> did it for nothing I can't do it all <laughs> I'd like to be in the car journey back from that football match with a dad and son it's like what are they what was the conversation what do they say to each other was the dad annoyed at him was the son annoyed at the dad because the son was talking to the dad 
<laughs> I want to know what they were talking about. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, I think you could make the case that uh, goals are overrated. You you want um, it when you watch as many games as kind of we do uh, throughout our lives, whether it's uh, on telly or at the match or, or both. You just want some kind of. Uh, either the threat of excitement or the uh, just just some variety, just something that kind of distinguishes one game from another. Uh, yeah. the beauty... Basically, everything that Stoke isn't at the moment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was then... I, I was trying to think what happened yesterday in the game. They had that Bafobe foul. That was the standout. Yeah, the foul. Oh God! Yeah. Lovely pass yeah, the, from Ryan. The ref Wood. being shit. Yeah, Woodsy. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, oh. it just makes you think. Like, why do people get into football? Because, on the whole, it's not the most like I don't know exciting of sports, is it? Like it is, but it's only really exciting in in vines. Exactly. Exactly. And vine doesn't even exist anymore. They got exactly. rid of that. So is you saying the the referee being being bad yesterday? Is is the referee being bad? a good or a bad thing for the entertainment <laughs> of a football match. All the, I, right, I, I'm going to just say this. I think it depends entirely on if the referee is Mike Dean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Mike Dean, I'd watch him referee a, a piece of toast. He's just fantastic. <laughs> um, the, the other thing to take into account is, are Stoke playing? If so, uh, bad refereeing is bad. Um, mm. If not, the bad refereeing is good. Um, yeah. Speaking of good transition, uh, Jack Butland, uh, he's done some saves, um, and he's he's done some saves for a bit now, and people are starting to to like him again. Um, <laughs> but he's leaving in January, isn't he? Is he going to leave in January? Hope oh. not, because because that would be bad. Who who is looking for a goalkeeper in January? I, this is the issue. Now we're not in the Premier League. I just don't know anything about the Premier League. Last night I watched match of the day for like I didn't watch it for a few weeks. I didn't know any of the results because why would I? I don't really care. And I yeah. I, I, I don't know I don't know play. I don't know the teams. Like who's Fulham? What Watford? <laughs> Who are they? Like, I just don't even know him. I just don't know anything about these teams. So, like, here I am confidently. Like, who's who's going to buy him? But it's also a question because I have no idea who is going to buy him because I don't know who needs goalkeepers. Oh, um, oh, someone just scored a goal on the football on my telly. Sorry, they yeah. whoever this team is. Oh, Benfica. Looking at that goal, they need Jack Butland. Ah. <laughs> we, we should probably move on and, and talk about uh, uh, non-Stoke things. We should probably address the question of, are people really into this Boca River uh, game, or, or is it all just um, Shoreditch media types? <laughs> the the the, me, the liberal media elite. Yes. The experts. Those. We're fed up with them, aren't we? <laughs> it feels it feels very very Instagram post, doesn't it? It feels very very. I'm going to take a selfie while I'm watching it and hashtag it and shit yeah. because that's the right thing to do. Like it's obviously an exciting game, and like, I read the Jonathan Wilson 
he's got two mentions Jonathan Wilson Guardian article about it it's all very exciting like Argentinian football fans are mental and they're like banned from away games and stuff and, <laughs> and all this stuff happened and Carlos Tevez and that but I, I I haven't watched it because I've been talking to you guys would I have watched it otherwise maybe I would have stuck it on but also I probably would have just been scrolling through Twitter at the same time it's one of those football games you know what I mean where you're like mm. not really watching it so yeah if you want to watch it just watch it maybe maybe people could just do that I don't know instead of like tweeting about it for like three days before the actual <laughs> event yeah, yeah. Um, and I wonder if people are actually doing it because they I mean obviously it's an important game in the context of Argentinian football but how how many days in the rest of the year do you give a shit about Argentinian football in the first place I, I mean I've I feel like moaning about football hipsters is a bit easy and it's a bit like, oh, just like have a go at anyone who watches a foreign match. But it's, it's yeah, I'll just, uh, some of the Boca River stuff has is, is been a, kind of a bit wearisome. Yes, I know they've got a great atmosphere there, but am I, am, am I bothered who wins? No. it's And without that kind of investment of being in some way slightly bothered who wins, that kind of takes it away a bit for me we uh, do have some listeners questions uh, okay. to address and I think the most important one is from Ryan Williams He's, he asks if you had to have arms for legs or legs for arms which would you choose <laughs> yeah I'd have arms for legs definitely because so I presume you'd so have you'd the have feeling both. yeah N- no uh, I would oh, I would Surely that's you'd have four arms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, what you'd easy. have. I could walk on my hands if I if I had four hands, or just I'd walk like a dog. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, you could do that with feet. Feet would be better for walking like a dog. If yeah, but then feet. I can't pick things up. So at least but if you I'm could walking run around faster, on my hands, I, reckon... I don't care. I can. You'd be very, and... you'd be very imbalanced the rest of your life, though, because it'd be like doing a handstand yeah. forever, and so you, you, your arms would get tired very easily. You'd be kind of just wobbling all over, like, whoa, where am I going? Would they be like, you know how? So, so if you can picture your knee, you know how your knee bends. So, yeah. so if you, backwards, yeah. would your yeah, arms yeah. be that way round, or would they be both facing? That yeah, I because I'm, I'm just thinking like do I have the ability to like use four hands on a keyboard because that's going to like make my workload at work go down and I think Try that, it. well I, I can't I don't have arms for, for legs I reckon it'd be easy to do with four fingers you could be like four four hands yeah. I reckon you'd get used to it easy I what I want to know is who the hell chooses four like Having yeah, legs what is the reasoning? Arms. Yeah, what is the reasoning? I can't think of any positives. I reckon so. I reckon it would be a decent. You know, he is it? He, I don't know how to say his name. Guillermo del Toro, the director of Shape of Water. Maybe yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He could do a film where someone has grown up with four feet instead of arms, <laughs> four like legs, and see how they got on, and then and then they're like playing football, and then someone falls in love with them. And they have to like. <laughs> They have to well, sort of change the handball or so that it's okay to kick with all four. What if, feet. what have you seen? Have you seen his film Pan's Labyrinth? Yes. Yeah. 
awesome film and they've got that pale man in it who's terrifying who's got eyes in his hands he looks like John Joe Shelby he he does (laughs) but how I thought it was John Joe Shelby how does that work in football because he's like holding them up near his head trying to i'm showing you for why does it for the see, for the listeners i am trying to show you what i mean so 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 he's got his hands on his head like he does in the film and he goes to head a ball and it's like oh shit i've touched my hand but he's like no, it's just my eye it's just my eye holes it's just my the, eye holes the, the the bizarre thing about the uh, pan's labyrinth monster is why does he need to put his eyes up where they should yeah. be in the first where place? They like, be. You could, they're they're on hands. You can move them about. You can literally look from any angle. You don't. You're not restricted by sticking them in your head anymore. It's like it's it's a, kind it's of ruined the film. It changes just, it, that bit. Just was not believable at all. It's just not believable. It changes the meaning of keep keep your eye on the ball as well. Because he'll it's be true. like, oh, there you go. Nah, it's handball, then, mate. Stop putting your actual eye like, on the ball. But like, so, <laughs> Remember that bit in the film? Cultural corner coming back again. I'm so glad we're doing this. So you think that bit in the film, he's got a massive fuck-off table full of food, and it's like, oh, gluttonous. But if he's like eating things with a knife and fork, and he's holding his hands, like, he's basically <laughs> shutting his eyes while he's trying to cut things up. With, with yeah. his <laughs> I was, you know when you go outside on a cold day and you do, you want to rub your hands together to keep them warm <laughs> would he blind himself <laughs> <laughs> this, this monster's got, having a real shit time no wonder he's in such a bad mood to be honest cause <laughs> he's, he's got fucking eyes in his hands it's, I know it's, that's it's no way to live <laughs> <laughs> Someone high fives him. No, I gone. <laughs> and then, and then to he can never worse, wear gloves again, ever. <laughs> so, in answer to your question, Ryan, we wouldn't want to be the monster from Pan's Labyrinth. That's for sure. I love the fact that he he can't wear gloves. So, if he was in a football situation, lots of football fans would like him because he'd never wear cold. He'd never yeah, wear gloves. Yeah, he'd be like, show... he's made a, he's made a decent stuff. This ladder, fucking have he... him. <laughs> Pale, pale man would show passion. That's what he would do. It's John Joe Shelby. Yes. Is. <laughs> is that why his vision's so good? Because he's just he can just he's see got eyes all over the shop. <laughs> That's what you don't realise about John Joe Shelby. He actually does have eyes in his hands, and the ones that look like he's on his head, he's just painted them on. <laughs> and they're not real. Wow. Wow. I think uh, we've. Uh, is there know, any more listener questions? <laughs> None as good as that. The others were about like Stoke and football and stuff, so I didn't want to. We spent like fifteen minutes of what is a fifty-five minute podcast talking about Stoke. Yeah, I'll probably edit this down. I don't know. Um, I'll, what and be... edit the Stoke bits out? <laughs> 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 Just completely, should we just completely shatter the illusion of this being a Stoke podcast? <laughs> we, we we can be a podcast which is a few mates talking about things that come into their heads, which is about <laughs> 95% of podcasts, and they're always perfectly listenable, aren't they? Um, hey. uh, yes. Uh, so I think, 
I think that'll be that then. Um, plug time. Uh, if you're if you have subscribed to Wizards, you have got um, an episode an episode uh, that I actually put some effort into uh, in your feed. Uh, we've done a documentary series as promised, um, and it's I had a great time. Uh, doing it because the people I spoke to were absolutely fantastic. Uh, like just some amazing stories in that episode. It's called A Potted History Stoke During the World Wars and is about Stoke during the World Wars. Um, please don't just take my word for it. Please do check it out and uh, let us know what you think. And... Ooh, it's incredible. It's incredible. I listened to it just now and it's, it's amazing work. I really enjoyed it. So congrats, Dave, on that. Everyone should listen. Cheers, cheers, Benno, um, and Ben, <laughs> ben and Ben actually. Uh, not only does he work in radio, he um, at, at the start of this he pod is he... a radio. <laughs> 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 what what was How it at the start you know? of this podcast? You 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 couldn't. Yeah, I was trying to open the thing that does the sounds. With you. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Um, that's what. That's me. Uh, thank you, Ben, uh, for coming on this podcast and wasting your Sunday evening with us. <laughs> oh, that's been absolutely wonderful, as always. And cheers, Chris. Uh, glad you had a nice time. Go stick your England flags on your van. <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> I will. Come on, England. England. <laughs> yes, they are. They are playing next. Did you know that band is sponsored by Pucker Pies? Not fucking surprised. Wow. No, no, not all. And today they were in the Pucker Pies stand. So it's like <laughs> all, all the all the marketing, all the sponsors were there. It's great. That's where so, we are. That's that's capitalism. It's like pie headquarters. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially Rotherham, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the sheer pineus of that stand right there. Goodness me. Ah, pies. Mm. Lovely pies. Uh, Right, see you later. Go on, Stoke.